Disclaimer. All views expressed on this podcast represent the host and his guest, and not the companies or agencies they are associated with. This is Tony's Game Lounge, a weekly podcast that covers news throughout the gaming industry and a variety of topics. Here's your host for the show, Tony Erickson. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Tony's Game Lounge. I'm your host, as always, Tony Erickson, and joining me this week, we've got a another speedrunner in the midst. Uh, he was actually mentioned back when we had Gordon Ramsay on the podcast. It's Labrys. Hello. Hello. How you doing? <laughs> I've been doing okay. Well, that's good to hear. Welcome to the show. Uh, because you're brand new here, we get to do a little thing I'm calling this season interrogations. Oh boy. Oh yeah. Uh, thankfully, it's not super duper evil, but uh, it does put people on the spot because I'm asking you your favorite video game, favorite video game character, and favorite video game soundtrack. Okay. Favorite video game I'm going to say for last because... God, that's such a loaded question. Like, condense everything you like about into a singular game out of the, the many hundreds you've played. It's like, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Favorite OST has to go to Sonic Unleashed. Ooh! Um, it's really listenable, but while you're playing the game, it's really apt. And that's not something you can say for, like, a lot of soundtracks, is that they, they fit the level really really well and also are just nice to listen to because a lot of soundtracks are very listenable but like you kind of get detached from the environment that it's supposed to be in you're just like hey planet wisp is neat but or, so, or something like that i don't know maybe planet wisp isn't a good example uh favorite video game character um this is this is a tie i think it's a tie i think a tie is a cop-out answer but it's fine it's somewhere between Milia Rage from the Guilty Gear series or Tails. Oh. The, the reason why I say it's a tie is because Tails kind of fell off. Ah. Yeah. For, for reasons. <laughs> I was going to say, those are quite uh, polar opposites when it comes to gameplay. One's about going fast and one's about beating ass. <laughs> yes, while going fast. While going fast. <laughs> and favorite video game, The Loaded Question. Ah, uh, I think fa- favorite video game has to be, um, actually, yeah, now that I think about it, it's probably uh, Street Fighter 4, it's sequels and whatnot. Wow, Street Fighter 4. Base Street Fighter 4 or like Deluxe Edition? Uh, Art- Ultra eventually had the gameplay, but just the saga as a whole under the name 4. Okay, okay. Um, you got me into fighting games for like, I don't know, a decade? <laughs> wow. I, I actually, uh, as much as I like, I'm not like a fighting game person, I actually did play uh, Street Fighter 4. I think it was like Arcade Edition back when it was free on Xbox Gaze with Gold years ago. I remember that. You you were a version behind because Ultra was out, but Arcade Edition was free on Xbox Live. That was a scam. It really was. I remember that. (laughs) 
Uh, but yeah, that's what uh, I was also that was my first, I think my only Street Fighter game that I've ever played up until this up to, up to now. Good times. It was fun. It was fun, even though I was ass at it. It was a fun game. They're hard not to be ass at. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very much so. Uh, with that, uh, we're going to go into our headline of the week, and uh, it's a big headline this week because this past Wednesday, Pokemon put out a Pokemon Presents to cover. Mostly Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl, and Legends Arceus, but they did also go over a couple other things for their other titles, which we'll start with. Uh, Pokemon Unite is getting two more editions uh, in Mamoswine and Sylveon. Uh, They didn't say when, uh, but they also told us that the mobile release for Unite is coming September 22nd. Have you played Unite at all? Have you played Unite at all? I have have not played Unite, but just from a roster's perspective, Sylveon seems like a really strange choice I think I think there are a lot of evolutions that probably have more popularity so it'll be interesting to see what they do with Sylveon in particular mm-hmm. I'm thinking something very I think it'd be probably a good mix of like close and long range but maybe a focus okay, on okay. long range that's just my gut feel on that one but I haven't played much of Unite either so I could be speaking out my ass. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> uh, Pokemon Cafe Mix is getting a new name as well as like a new update called Pokemon Cafe Remix. Ha ha ha! Good one, Pokemon. But basically, they're overhauling the game, adding a bunch of new things, and uh, yeah, it's still roughly the same game, just with quality of life changes, new mechanics, and all that stuff. Yeah. Still free to play. With microtransactions. So, uh, another game that's free to play with microtransactions, Pokemon Master Sex, or Master ZX, but if you remember, there was a hashtag back when they changed it to Master ZX, and it was just hashtag Master Sex, and it was funny, because, you know, hashtags can't have uh, uh, spaces. So it was one of the funniest things on Twitter back when they changed the name, but they're celebrating two years. And, uh, giving away a bunch of free shit if you log on and stuff. Which uh, is cool. I never got into Masters, so... Yeah, me neither, so... Uh, Pokemon Go, the last the last thing before Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl got uh, talked about, Pokemon Go is getting their first batch of Gen 8 Pokemon, and they're also going to be doing a special Hoopa event, from the sound of it. I know people... I know, I know, I played Pokemon Go when it first dropped, and it was, like, the thing you do, but, um, yeah, Gen 8 finally getting added is going to get a lot of people into the game, and, well, the Hoopa event is definitely going to get people into the game. Yes, I know that they recently, for the Pokemon this past GoFest, they had a Meloetta event to get Meloetta, so this is a good way to get Hoopa, but honestly, a part of me doesn't like that they're putting some of these mythicals in via Pokemon Go because it's like, well, that makes it a lot harder for us to get them. Like, Hoopa, believe it or not, Hoopa and Meloetta are, like, two of the last mythicals that I need that I know I won't be able to get from this upcoming batch of mainline games. So, I'm a little sad. And speaking of mainline games, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. We got some news about those. Um, starting off with what's returning, what's getting upped and boosted. Um, first off, uh, gameplay-wise, it looks really good. 
it it looks really cool. I really like the art style for that, that they're going with it. It's so beautiful and it's uh and it, it just looks good. Uh as for what's getting added, obviously first off, one of my favorite parts about Diamond and Pearl, the underground is making its return and it's getting revamped as well. This is going to be really interesting because back in the the Wi-Fi days or like the you have to be close to person to underground days. Yes. Um, it was it was a different kind of experience, and it was really exciting to get to use the underground. But other than that, there was like, what are we gonna do with the underground? So yeah, I think this deserves a fresh coat of paint as well as a lot of a, a lot more thought. Mm-hmm. And um, absolutely, they clearly showed they put that in. They absolutely so I'm, did. I'm happy about it. I am super happy. Uh, obviously, you could go down collect uh, the little gems that you can trade with the underground traders for. Uh, uh, what is it like um, furniture and stuff for your underground base? Because base building is also returning, as well as a brand new feature to this: catching Pokemon in the underground. Yeah, that's something you never did. It's something. Um, it's brand new. You can go into little different areas, and wild Pokemon will just be wandering about, kind of like Let's Go style for how they're doing the underground catching, which hmm. is really dope. Yeah, making it kind of optional is amazing. Like, if it was a cave encounter kind of thing, I'd be like, oh, come on. No, but, but it's, it's uh, yeah. And uh, the even cooler part about this is uh, depending on what statues of Pokemon that you have in your base, determine the types of Pokemon that can appear in the underground for you. That's cool. And I wonder, how, I wonder how this will correlate to, like, being with other people underground and... Uh, because obviously with Nintendo Online, they're gonna that's they're gonna ha- make something like that for like just being able to like go anywhere and see a bunch of people underground, hopefully. Oh yeah. Because okay. another big thing about the underground was that was how you also got Spiritomb. Uh, oh, true. On that, that one route, because and and Spiritomb was in uh, the Crown Tundra DLC for Sword and Shield, and how you got Spiritomb and that was just chatting with a bunch of wild trainers uh, that were moving around in the overworld, which is how you got Spiritomb in that one. So it'll probably be a lot easier with the Nintendo Online. That's what I'm gonna say because with yeah, back when it was yeah, Nintendo no. WFC with uh, the DS, it was very tricky because of just the limitations they had on it. Yeah, no, I, it was. Uh, contests are getting revamped as well. Like, they, it's kind of like a, I guess the best way to say it is like a dance battle mini game. It does look more interactive. It, it, it looks very interactive, and I'm very intrigued to see where it goes and how many there are and uh, all of that stuff. So uh, with that returning, they didn't say whether or not Poffins are returning, but I'm assuming Poffins will return as well. I wouldn't be surprised if they wouldn't, but there's no reason not to. There's right? no reason not to. Legit. And uh, cooking poffins is what was was the big thing. And obviously, uh, I think a lot of the games, aside from like Sword and Shield, no, not Sword and Shield, uh, Sun and Moon had like a cooking mini game of sorts. Yeah. Pokeball stickers, they're returning as well. Um, which was a little thing that was only in Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum, where basically you could decorate your Pokeball with little, just like sparkly stickers or special effects stickers, and when you summoned your Pokemon, they had little animations that came with it once they were summoned out. 
which was really cool. Uh, I know that one of my favorite sets of stickers was... Uh, because the unknown, there are unknown ruins in this game, which is also, if you haven't completed your unknown collection in home yet, this is your chance, folks. The unknown ruins, for every letter that you caught, you could get a different uh, letter sticker uh, from a child in one of the houses in that town that's right beside the unknown stickers that I do not remember the name of. Yeah, I have no idea. Either. I think it, it started with an S, like Sol Solaceous Town or something like that. Something, something weird. Yeah, uh, but that's that's returning, which is great. And then from the tradition, like I know they had it in uh, Sword and Shield, but legit, like it didn't feel as good in Sword and Shield, but like it did back in uh, Heart Gold Soul Silver. But walking with your Pokemon is returning. That was cool. I am. I'm so happy because, like, I feel like walking with your Pokemon it just feels so much better from like the top-down games. Yeah, it's just so nice. And fun fact: you could actually walk with your Pokemon back in Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum, or I think it was just Platinum, because of this one area behind Jubal, not Jubal Life, uh, Heart Home City. Yeah, uh, it was a little park you could walk with your first Pokemon in your party, but it was only in that area. But because of this, you can now just walk with them anywhere, which is awesome, and I'm super excited for that. Because that means I can walk with the God of Time. Yeah, that's that's what happened. You could rock, walk walking hard called so sober with like a basically God bird who granted wishes and stuff. Exactly. Okay, yeah, it was great. It was, it was great. great. No one questioned it. Uh, the last thing that they showed off that's returning are union rooms. And uh, these were uh, accessible via the top floor of the Pokemon Center. These were kind of neat. They were really cool. It was where you could basically like battle and trade with just like anybody random. I think you could also kind of get with your friends if you line something up. But with this returning, I'm wondering if like the bottom floor of Pokemon Centers will also return and uh, have the mm. old. Like, the party rooms, if you remember those. Oh, yeah. I wonder if those are going to be back as well. If those come back I mean, and they have, like, the little Pokemon parades, that would be dope. Yeah. But that was really all they showed off. Um, they didn't show off anything new, anything via post-game-wise. Oh, oh, uh, they did show off that uh, Team Galactic's theme is getting a remix, which is really nice. cool as well. And they did uh, show off a couple models, mostly Cyrus's model. They didn't show off Mars, Jupiter, Saturn yet, but uh, it is looking good. I'm excited. And pre-orders are now available, I think, but I think they've been available for a little while now. Nice. Um, and there's one last thing I want to bring up about Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl before we move on to Legends Arceus. Manaphy, Manaphy is coming back in the form of an event, a mystery gift event, Right at launch. Oh my god. So you can get the Manaphy egg until February once you get the game. Mm, that's going to bring a lot of people in. Because oh my god, wasn't... you have no idea how excited I was. And here's the thing they didn't show it off in the presents, they just put it on the website. They just put it on the website. I mean, I mean, it doesn't really feel significant enough in scale, but. It's 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 big for it's huge me. because back in the day the only way to really get like a legit Manaphy, there were two ways. The first was, was the Pokemon Ranger, 
by doing entering the secret code, accessing the secret mission after beating the game. And the second uh-huh. was, I believe, also a Pokemon Ranger. I think it was Guardian Signs had a Manaphy Egg event as well. Yeah. Because I, I don't believe Shadows of Al... Because Shadows of Albion had, I think, a sh- had like a Shaman event and a Dialga Palkia event and something else. And then, but then Guardian Signs had a Manaphy event, uh, like, right at launch. But I didn't play it right at launch, so I missed that event. Yeah. I remember playing original Rangers and getting it that way. God, my touchscreen is dead because of that. (laughs) (laughs) I want them to remake a Rangers game, but I feel... The capturing mechanic and how you pulled it off. Is, yeah, it's very touchscreen based, and even though the Switch does have touchscreen capabilities, playing that with uh, on the on a big screen TV would be tricky. Or, or even like without a stylus. Yeah, and without a stylus as well. But I feel like if they were to release it, they would they would maybe like I don't know they would maybe package a stylus with it and make it like a physical only game, so that way you oh, yeah, for, you're forced to get the stylus. Don't like kill your switch in the process. Exactly. Uh, but that was uh, what was announced for Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. And then we get into Legends Arceus. You have the bat. It looks much better. The big thing, visually-wise, I still think that they need to work a little bit on their lighting and adding a bit more foliage and trees and, you know, making it seem a bit more vibrant and full. As it does still seem a little, a little bit barren. Environment-wise, Pokemon-wise, there were a lot of Pokemon loaded up, and it was like very full that way. But like, environment-wise, just needs a little bit more and just a little bit tweaking. And even in the trailer that they showed, it still isn't the final form. It's still not its final form. So yeah. we know that they're still working on it, which is good. I haven't seen too much uh, Le- Legends of Arceus gameplay, or not not even gameplay, just like trailer work. Yeah. So I'm not sure what to expect here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can say that, uh, that what they did show off, we got uh, a, an overview of the region, which we know as Ancient Sinnoh, but it actually has a name, the Hisui region. Uh, how it went from Hisui to Sinnoh, who knows, but it's kind of cool. You're part of a team. You're called part of Galaxy Team, which is kind of funny because it's like, oh, you're part of Ancient Team Galactic, in a sense, which is kind of funny. Um, the battles... Uh, that you do with wild Pokemon, if you do fight wild Pokemon, go bite based on your speed and are not just like turn based where you have a turn, you he gets a turn. It might be you may t- might get to move twice or he might get to move twice, and then like it's kind of like that. Which oh, that's is interesting. Really cool, but nice way to spice it up. Um, there's also two new type styles of your moves. Obviously, there's your bog standard move, but you can also do strong style which drops your speed, or Agile style, which raises your speed and can adjust turn order accordingly, depending on if you use a style like that. And then they showed off new Pokemon. That's right. We got, we're we getting to at least two brand new Pokemon in this game, their evolutions. The first one is Wordeer, the evolution of Stantler. And the second is Basculegion, the evolution of Basculin. And they both look cool. Yeah, they both really look cool. I think Weirdeer needed to happen eventually. I mean, Stanley was just one of those weird one-offs. I absolutely agree with that, that yeah. That, that needed something. 
Absolutely. And it's got a beard. It's a little, it's a wise old deer. It's a god of beard, you're right. Uh, and Basculesian, Basculesian's design is really cool because it really like amplifies like the dragonfish. Oh, yeah. Which is really dope. And I bet you, I want to say, like, with how it looks, I wouldn't be surprised if it is, like, part dragon. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it had a dragon subtype as well. And uh, the, there's also going to be Hisuian forms of Pokemon. So a third regional variant form. Uh, two, the two Pokemon that they showed off with new forms. Braviary, who's basically just got a puffier head and is more uh, lighter colors. And... Everybody who on the internet is going crazy for Hisui and Growlithe. Absolutely bonkers. And uh, I was talking to There's my Nintendo reason. Insider a little bit earlier, and predictions are Hisui and Arcanine might get, be based on a sheepdog. Well, that would be cool. But with, but with like, fire and stuff. Yeah. Interesting. I wonder how that would turn out. I think it would look really dope. Yeah. I mean, I'm in love with the Growlithe design. It's so cute. Yeah, no, you and everyone else, and including me. <laughs> it's cute. It's one of the best things. And uh, at the end of the show, they did announce that both, obviously, Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl, they're going to have home uh, integrated into it in 2022, because obviously, why wouldn't you at this point? But also, Legends Arceus will also have uh, Pokemon home support. Which kind of shocked me. Well, it kind of shocked me. I'm like, actually, that's... But I've come to realize that possibly the Hisuian forms might be able to go into Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. And also would be really cool as well. So we may be getting new Pokemon anyways from... Yeah. Arceus. Uh, obviously, this is also the last batch of Generation 8 Pokemon because the next mainline game will most likely be a new region, a whole new everything. Yeah. So expect that. So Gen 8 will probably end with us getting over 900 Pokemon in the national decks. Jeez. I, d I remember when it was just Gen 4, and it was just under 500. Yeah, 493. 493. And now they're doing remakes of four because it's been four generations. I feel old. Uh, <laughs> uh, fun fact: uh, Diamond and Pearl were my first Pokemon games. I played Sapphire for like two seconds as the, like a child, and then as a not quite child, I went went and played Diamond on release. Nice. And that that was technically my first Pokemon game, so I really did enjoy that. Uh, the last thing I do want to add, uh, ranked matches, they will not be uh, implemented into Diamond and Pearl. Um, so Fair. they're keeping uh, all the professional, from the sound of it, they're going to be keeping professional like TC, uh, VCG stuff or VGC stuff with Sword and Shield for the time being. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but yeah, and also I did promise last week in last week's episode that I would give my final verdict on Legends or at least a better verdict a more full verdict. And honestly, I am now for this game. They've shown enough potential, and I, I'm i praying that Pokemon can just... All they gotta do is just tweak some lighting and tweak some environmental stuff. And I, I, they can do that. It's not hard to do. So if they can do that, 
this game is going to get a Tony's approval. And that's my verdict right now. With that, that wraps up the headline of the week. It's time for us to jump into the week in review. Covering news from the world of video games, TCG, and board games, this is the week in review. And this week, uh, last week, uh, some of the games that came out, Road 96, 12 Minutes, and Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut. Which, uh, at the time of recording this, uh, the Director's Cut comes out tomorrow, but uh, so I haven't played it yet, And but I will be playing it soon, and I'm excited to play the new uh, single-player stuff that they're adding to that game. As for video game news, Kazuma Kiryu from the Yakuza franchise is coming to the Super Monkey Ball franchise as a playable character in Banana Mania. Yeah, I remember seeing the announcement for Sonic and Tails, and that's that's kind of hilarious, but um, it really considering, is considering the karaoke and interactions and a lot of the tongue in cheek, uh, quote unquote, cuter humor. Yeah, in the, in the Yakuza series, I'm I'm not quite surprised, and I'm happy for him. Yes, I'm happy to uh, see it. He's also the fourth Sega rep into Banana Mania, uh, as you mentioned, Sonic and Tails, but also Beat from Jet Set Radio is also in the game. I remember seeing that as well. That's sick. Yeah. So I, I made the joke earlier, but I'm going to make it here again. Um, this is becoming a Super Monkey Ball and Sega Banana Mania. Yeah. <laughs> because I feel like at this point, they're, they're like announcing a new Sega rep for this game every week, which is kind of oh, funny. Yeah. I think it might stop here, but we'll see. We'll <laughs> see. We'll see. Uh, I did make a prediction that possibly Knights and Samba de Amigo might get cameos. Knights with another cameo. Samba with another cameo. Ex- yeah, exactly. I mean, I understand why, but uh, come on. I'm sad. Uh, next, uh, in Pokemon Unite news, uh, this, was, this has happened already. Blissey is now in the game as the next playable character. It's kind of interesting. I hope she's not as broken as she was in Gen 4 competitive. Ooh. If, if any of you don't know, um, Blissey was probably the tank, and then she just seismic tossed people. And it was terrifying. Because she had too much HP for her own good. Too much HP for her own good, yes. That's the best kind of bulk. The best kind of bulk. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077 patch 1.3 is now out, which fixed about 100 quests and added free DLC in the form of new cosmetics, dialogue options, some phone call texts, and a couple other quality of life things. Yeah, um, one thing I, well, as a developer as well, I, I say about these kinds of updates is they can fix things and they can also break things while fixing things. 99 bugs is in the code. You take one down, you patch it around. 101 bugs in the code. So uh, hold your horses, but this is this is probably progress. Yes. Prob- probably progress. Yeah. They're making an effort. That's all I can say about it. Yeah, which is a good thing. Rocket League on PlayStation 5 is getting performance and quality settings. So you can now up the graphics for the PS5 version of the game. And Hellraiser has been teased as the next killer for Dead by Daylight. Yeah, that, that's a pretty interesting choice. Um, I remember the only one I was mildly interested in was the, the 
Who was it from Stranger Things? Oh, the Demigorgon? Yeah, the Demigorgon. Well, speaking of Stranger Things and Dead by Daylight, the Stranger Things content will actually be leaving Dead by Daylight in November. So they're holding a last chance sale from, I think it's, I don't know if it's happened yet, but they're going to be holding a sale to get all the characters and skins from that before they leave the store for good. Or at least for the time being. Yeah, I think it's going to be a time being thing. I don't, I'm, I'm not sure about the internals. In leaks turning real, uh, last week we co- we talked about leaks for Call of Duty Vanguard. Well, guess what? They announced it. It's been officially revealed. Call of Duty Vanguard is the next game, and legit, as we're recording this right now, they're showing off reveals in Call of Duty Warzone for Vanguard. So that's happening in Call of the Call of Duty world right now. In the world of uh, Fortnite, we got two new skins: Wonder Woman. And Morty. Oh, boy. Because we already had Rick, so now we get the Morty. I mean, I have nothing really against Fortnite, but it's it's hard it's hard to like it with, like, the this kind of weird cultural, like, fandom-y. Not, not fandom-y, but, like, just sort of the stereotype it has just coming with it. Abs, yeah. And... Beta news, Diablo 2 is getting an open access beta this weekend, or sorry, pa- this past weekend, if you're listening to this on uh, if you're listening to this on the Monday, which you should be, hopefully. But so they there there was a, a beta access this past weekend for Diablo 2. So you'll probably hear us talk about how it did next week. Oh. In Spotify news, Final Fantasy 14 Shadowbringers, their soundtrack is now on Spotify. Thank God. Riot is considering giving the KDA treatment to Valorant characters. I, I could see it. it. It'd be interesting, for sure. Definitely would be interesting. In the world of TCG, your card game news this week, in the world of Pokemon, Evolving Skies arrives pretty soon, the August 27th. That's the next booster pack. In the world of Yu-Gi-Oh! The 2021 Tin of Ancient Battles arrives on the 30th of September. The Legendary Duelist Synchro Storm arrives October 29th. The Grand Creator's Booster Box arrives on December 3rd. And the Hidden Arsenal Chapter 1 arrives on January 28th. I find it really interesting that they're um, revisiting Synchros. I think it's a good idea because right now, my problem with the Yu-Gi-Oh! trading card game is that they, they just power crept with mechanics and i think they're finally taking a step back with the pendulum anti-pendulum redesign they added links and now i guess they're revisiting synchros hopefully there's not some new weird broken spin-off but we can only hope yeah uh, as an avid Yu-Gi-Oh player uh, it's nice to always see support for uh synchro and like fusion and stuff yeah because those are the two that are like because right now like the big things like pendulum is still huge for getting loads of monsters on and they did nerf it by like changing the pendulum zones to two of the, two of the spell trap zones God. and uh links just do uh, a lot still and i yeah. ever since they decided they changed the thing where it's like oh yeah uh you don't need um to have a link card in there to special summon anymore it's uh like multiple creatures. It's be- very much uh back to the chaos that it once was before, which I don't mind. I enjoy the chaos. 
Yeah, I know. Imagine Gathering News, Inish Strad Midnight Hunt uh, comes out September 16th for Arena and the 24th of September for its full physical release. And Crimson Val, Inish Strad Crimson Val, November 11th for Arena and November 19th for the full release. And also, one other Magic the Gathering story. A deck of cards has been copywritten, not by Wizards of the Coast, by someone else. He's an assistant doctor at, like, a university. It's making a very unique and very fucked up situation for, like, copywriting things with that with Magic the Gathering. It's kind of fucked, honestly, like... Why would you just copyright a deck? Why would you copyright a deck? It, 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 like this, this is mind-boggling to me. Honestly, like it, it's crazy. I mean, I mean, intellectual property law kind of lets you do this, and it's it's been it's been very strange for a long time between shit like this, shit like um, like DMCA strikes. You know, it's it's been but a fa- weird, yeah. But the fact that a deck is being copyrighted and making it almost like basically the guy could say, oh. You use that deck too? No, you don't. I'm gonna sue yeah, you yeah. for using that deck. Like, bro, this is kind of mm. weird. This is kind of for weird, bro. Yeah, it's actually kind kind of weird. So yeah, that's happening. Um, it, we'll probably have more updates on that hopefully for you down the line. And lastly, in the board game news, the 1991 Disney film The Rocketeer. Is uh so is being taken by Funko Games to make a new board game called The Rocketeer: Fate of the Future. Uh, now, The Rocketeer was a Disney movie that actually didn't do all that well. Um, I don't know if in accordance. Yeah, to I don't reviews. remember. <laughs> um, but it's set for a September sixteenth release during Gen Con. It's a two-player game, I believe, cooperative, and it's going to be for twenty four ninety nine. So if you're a di- a really hardcore Disney buff and you like board games. Then check this out. Give it a check out. Uh, read more up on it. This might be a co-op game for you. Who knows? And that's the week in review. Any final thoughts on any of the news stories, Libris? I have looked at some of the spoilers for Innistrad, both of the sets. Oh, yeah? And I have been playing Magic the Gathering since the original Innistrad, about the end of that and the beginning of Return to Ravnica. So, like, just just... Just when that stuff was getting out of rotation, and I, I have always loved the Innistrad aesthetic, and I think they're doing a great job. Um, I don't, I don't know about competitive implications, but the cards look cool. That's, that's all I'm gonna say. Hey, I'll take cool. it. I've been out of Magic for a little while, but I do have a, I have like, I think like the only decks I have, I have like a starter commander deck, and then I have yeah. uh, the blessed and cursed. Uh, Dual sets. Worst. But yeah, Innistrad has always been about zombies, werewolves, vampires, mostly vampires, angels. It's it's this it's that very like old European myth- mythology kind of thing. Okay. It goes to that kind of universe. So I think it, it was the plane that Garouk was from, if I remember correctly. And the whole Avacyn thing went down there. If anyone remembers Avacyn, the, the, the card. And there, there was a set in the Innistrad block called Avacyn Restored. And so there was a huge plot arc there. This was before Jace was a thing. Oh, wow. Because Jace was Ravnica. And that was right after. Oh, well, there you go. 
Uh, that's the week in review, and now it's time to see what games are coming out and should be on your radar. From AAA titles to upcoming indies and random shovelware, here's what's coming out next week that should be on your radar. Here is what's coming out. This is August 23rd to 29th. On Monday, Fling to the Finish comes to PC. On Tuesday, Aliens Fireteam Elite comes to everything but the Switch. Hola comes to the Switch and PC. I Expect You to Die too. The Spy and Lair comes to the PlayStation VR, the Rift, the Quest, and the Vive. King's Bounty 2 comes to the PlayStation 4, Switch, PC, and Xbox One. And Sniper Ghost Warrior Contracts 2 comes to the PlayStation 5. On Wednesday, Psychonauts 2 comes to the PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Oh, shit. That is actually something I might buy. <laughs> Psychonauts 1 is amazing. So I still need to play the first one. Uh, I know yeah. it's on sale right now on Steam, so I might pick it Please up. Please do. And Marvel Future Revolution comes out on iOS and Android. On Thursday, Proto Corgi comes to the Switch and PC. Both Spelunky and Spelunky 2 come to the Switch. Have a Blast comes to the Switch and PC. And Hotel Life, a resort simulator, comes to everything. On Friday, Baldo the Guardian Owls comes to the PS4, Switch, Xbox One, PC, and iOS. Inked, a Tale of Love, comes to the Xbox One and PC. Tormented Souls comes to the Series X, PS5, Switch, and PC. And No More Heroes 3 comes to the Switch. I don't even have a Switch, but I'm excited. As am I. I mean, I have a Switch, but I'm excited for No More Heroes 3. Yeah, I've, I've played 1 and 2. So 3 is going to be sick to at least watch. It's not going to be the reason I get a Switch, but um, it's definitely sick that there, that a 3 exists. Yeah, after and, all this time, Suda51 has finally, it's finally here. It's finally ready. It's ready. Time to hack and slash and jerk off your sword to recharge it. And go to the bathroom to save. Exactly, yes. Forgot about that part. Yeah. yeah. It's looking good. And that's what those are the games coming out this week. Uh, with that, it's time to talk about our big topic of the week. Here's what we're talking about this week in the Game Lounge. Covering a variety of topics with his weekly guests... Here's what's going down this week in the Game Lounge. And this week in the Game Lounge, Labrys, I'm going to let you intro this, intro our topic. What are we talking about? Um, there's a lot to it, but basically, um, there, I'll 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 probably stop, start from the top and just interrupt me if you have any questions that, that seem like, okay, what the hell is this? So, um, back in 2019, um, October 2019 around, um, I, I tweeted out a GitHub repository that was going to remake, basically remake and add on a better netcode for Guilty Gear X and Corporal SAR using a technique called rollback. Um, the main library for doing this was called GGPO, and I don't think, but like maybe less than a month, a month earlier, it went from proprietary to open source for commercial and non-commercial use. So I'm like, okay, we have the power. I, I've, I've reverse engineered shit before, but let's 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 
get some elbow grease done and give it what it never had, you know? Good online. Because there's like five or six ports to the game. And I think only the Switch one is like decent. Oh, really? Like, yeah, and it's for the Switch. Nobody plays fighting games on the Switch. Yeah. Like that, <laughs> yeah. That, 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 that plays this at least. Like people, people play this game and happen to have a Switch. But that, another, not like people play this because they have a Switch. No. Yes. How, and how old is Guilty Gear Accent Core? Accent Core plus R is old as the hills. Oh, I, God. I think, um, not, not like old, old, but I think the plus R update came out in around 2012. And the game was already several years old for the PS2. Um, before that, I'm pretty sure it got it got ported to a bunch of places, including Steam, in 2014, 2015. And there it sat. It was borderline unplayable online. Wow. Online. Um, for there were like one v one, one v one only. Um, you could infinite rematch, which was nice, and it's not a feature a lot of games had or have. Um, but that's all you could do. Um, and God help you if you finished like five or ten matches in a row without disconnecting. And God help you if you finished five or ten matches in a row because the online was terrible. Um, this is a, fighting, a game, game genre where people go offline to play other people competitively because it's just that much different. Wow. Um, so, and it was bad in that department. Like so so it was so it's almost as bad as like say Smash Bros online in a sense. Probably a lot. I don't want to say a lot worse, but it's worse. Okay, so that, that that's a good perspective to put it in. Jesus Christ! Yeah, it's, yeah, I know. It, it was just awful. And, and like Smash Bros is more well put together. Still has its moments. Yeah, but geez, this had a moment every other second. So every other second, oh my god! At least it felt like it. So, I I decided to make this GitHub repository tweet as like, hey, what if we had like good netcode for this? Because people like mad scientists have been working on casters for other relatively obscure anime fighting games, like uh, Melty Blood, Actress Again, Current Code. That is an incredibly successful netcode caster that exists and you can play today. Um, it recently got a lobby front end, um, which is just the caster, but with a nice, pretty graphics, graphical user interface you can click on. Um, called Concerto. It's really cool as well. And that was very recently as well. And Melee got the rollback treatment as well. If you, if oh yeah, with like a slippy. with slippy, yeah, yeah. And so I wanted to do the same same thing for Pulsar, although it was completely independent of Slippy existing. I didn't even know it existed until it was released. So there there were about three to five people that were working with me a lot throughout like late 2019, early 2020. Um, then something unfortunate happened. Uh, one of the main, well, it's my friend Lolo and he, his wrist broke. 
Uh, he's fine now. Don't worry about it. Okay. Um, but but he he had to stop development on that for a bit. Um, and then motivation just kind of waned from everybody. Um, I did get to talk to some people at Frosty Faustings, and and a couple of them were plus R players that had reach in the game development scene. Oh, so I'm like, so I'm like, oh, well, one of them at least. So I'm like, hmm. If if you could talk to people, make this official. I I I think that'd be freaking amazing. So. Um, Fast forward a couple months, uh, the project is kind of gathering a little dust. Um, it's kind of working sometimes on the weekends. It's nowhere near public release. Um, nowhere near playable, but it does <laughs> do some pretty cool tricks. Um, and and the, the part of the reason why this was so hard is because we had to decipher everything about the game state because of how rollback network netcode works. Uh-huh. Rollback netcode, I should probably describe this, is uh, different than traditional delay-based. When fighting games, usually you're connecting to another person online, they usually set a delay for both players, that's even, on how long your input takes to come out before it re- it's reflected in the game. So that, that's a fixed number. And it adapts based on how good your connection is at the moment. So um, that that's all fine and dandy, but usually that delay is like three, four, five frames, which creates, like, turns something that are reactable barely on offline to completely unreactable online. <laughs> Gotcha. So, so it, it creates this like different netplay atmosphere of just stuff that works on netplay and stuff that suddenly doesn't work on netplay. Like, if you have a high execution technical character, you usually couldn't play them on netplay because, you know, you needed that consistent, like offline, lack of delay. Right. Yeah. So what rollback tries to do is lowers that delay. We we offer it to be adjustable. And then it adds this thing called rollback buffer. So you have to keep the game state synchronized between two players or else they're looking at two different games and say, what the hell is going on? Um, So what we do is if things, if one person gets ahead of another by a certain amount, we roll back to the last game state they have in common. And this creates a very fluid networking experience. So you can only really have like one or two frames of delay, what would normally require three or four, and in what would normally have to be like, and then have a three frame rollback window, oh. so that if something were to hiccup, um, you'd you would just go back to get back a couple frames and it would play just peachy. And now sometimes that is a bit jarring, but it creates a very very fluid gameplay experience just as a technique. Okay, so it's, it's so it's, it's basically to make it almost feel like you're playing offline in a sense. Yeah, that's the goal. Okay, gotcha. That's really cool. I didn't really. I don't. You see, as a, I'm just I'm just the guy putting in the buttons. So it's kind of cool to hear like how this stuff works, like on the other end of things. 
Yeah, and it's caught on um, in the modern fighting game industry. Strive, one of the things that I think Strive has done really well is it's implemented rollback in its matchmaking. I don't want to say it's due to the success of Plus R or whatnot, but um, yeah, fast forward a couple months. Um, Lolo, I, I send Lolo in a, a, a different GitHub repository because someone a long time ago, uh, a Japanese developer known as Black Cat, was trying to um, do the same thing, basically, for accent, regular Accent Core and create a game-specific PS2 emulator that had online capabilities. Oh, sort of like sort of like what Slippy is, in a sense. Sort of like what Slippy is, yeah. He was trying to create that from the ground up, and he got pretty far, honestly. Um, but... Um, pro- the project was abandoned and then eventually it got moved from Google Code over to GitHub and that's where I found it and then I sent it to Lola and I was like bro this guy has done so much work on GameState we could use a lot of this and, and then he's like actually uh, you want a job? I'm like well, what job? he's like bro uh, I-, I can't tell you at the moment unless you say yeah or no you want a job? And, 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 of course, the, the thing that happened was I was on a team with me, him, and about three or four other people, including the Pulsar player I talked to at Frosty Fastings, working directly with the developers, Arc System Works, on what would be an update, a free update to Pulsar. Holy shit! <laughs> That's really cool! Holy fuck! <laughs> I was blown away. <laughs> So come October 2020, um, you, you should just look at the Steam charts of this game. It was, it was insane. My mind is still blown that there was this kind of positive turnout. Like early October, our system works Twitter announces that the rollback beta test is, is going to begin like at the end of the month. We see from like 40, 30 people peaks per, per week to like... 400 to 500 and the game doesn't even have rollback yet it's just it just announced people are suddenly interested in this game so what the hell is this it's gonna have rollback gpo this is gonna be sick and then come the day of release i was i'm in central time but it dropped midnight um pacific time and we were just sort of all on call just to sort of even things out as it was launched and uh, so it was two in the morning for me. It was two in the morning for a lot of people. And for a brief moment, for about like a couple hours or so, we had, I had to look up the exact number, but it was like 2,700 to 3,000 concurrent players on that game on Steam. Wow. It blew my mind. And then, and then the next night, it went up. And then it went down, obviously. But I, I was like, this is so surreal. Something so that he, he, oh, that's, that's wow. Yeah, it, it was huge. It's, it's huge. And, yeah, it, it, it's, it's amazing that when you make a game playable online that people play it. <laughs> and when I put it like that, it sounds kind of trivial, but it kind of is. It almost felt like you were like on the top of the world in a sense. Yeah, yeah, no, like, we, we were doing something that a lot of game developers really should have been doing, and and was very requested amongst the community. 
and people liked it. Um, there have been some local circles keeping up Plus R alive, even though Xrd and Xrd Rev One and Two have been released since since then, and now Strive. But people still play some Plus R. I still play Plus R. It's a fun game, and I know people who play Plus R to this day. And you know, we we have some games. Nice, like across like. I remember, like within the first one or two weeks of the rollback netcode coming out, I played, and this would have been unheard of in any other Friday game to my knowledge. I played this Zato player from South Africa. No joke. Um, so like I'm in like south southern U.S., but that guy is in South Africa. Yeah, that's you have to a cross whole a continent whole ocean away. and then a whole continent top to bottom. So normally, like, that would be out of the question. Like, Europe is usually out of the question, Western Europe, for most people, including even people on the East Coast. So we, we had some really good games, and Dato is probably the most execution-heavy character in the game. And so it's amazing to see, like, people on top of their game with these kinds of characters that formerly you could only really play offline. Wow. And that, that that was the message to me. Um, there was a another twit longer about how, um, despite Indonesian infrastructure, we basically saved their local FGC, and it was that was also very heartwarming to see. But there was all this like positive feedback that was occurring due to this due, due to basically quality of life. So I'm. Open for questions. God, where do I even where do I even start with this? That that's so that's crazy. That's that's so <laughs> crazy. Like the fact that like our arc system, that's what they're called. The arc developed. system works. Yes, arc system works. That's that they that they're like, hey, we've seen what you're doing, and we want you guys to come on board and actually like help fix everything. That's that's like that alone. Like, just getting to work with the developers, like, on something like that. Like, that's cool. Yeah, no. I, I didn't expect that out of anything. No, I, I did not see that. Honestly, I kind of did not see that coming with this story. That is so crazy to me that... And also, that's also just, like, mad respect to the to the, to the the team there as well. Like, for... Yeah. Going out and, like, finding those passionate community members that, like, want to, like, make the game more than what it is. Yeah, and doing that like that's always cool. Like developers, developing teams who do that, like they always get like like mad respect from your boy Tony here. Like that's yeah, just definitely. so so cool. Um, I'm trying to trying to think of questions. You kind of answered it. Um, so from start to finish, of like when you first started everything to getting all the code and stuff to it getting released. How many months did it take? Uh, from me starting the GitHub repository to... It's still ongoing. There's going to be a final public test soon for Guilty Gear Exit 4 Plus R. So stay tuned. Um, Get the game. It's like five bucks or something. Yeah, I was was just checking. It's like 16 for right now on Steam. But that's Canadian dollars as well, so... Yeah, no, it's like it's like ten bucks USD. It just just get it. 
if you are a fan of fighting games, um, you will not be disappointed. It's kind of technical, kind of hard, but it, that, that, that isn't a reason to stop playing it because, you know, the netcode's good. So, Guilty Gear X Accent 4 Plus R. But yeah, it took from October 2019, and it's still ongoing. So, it's just coming up shy of two years. Like, too much shy of two years. Wow. Been an effort, and I I can't like think like Arc System Works and the rest of the death team, Lolaland, Fix Me Steve, Nine Time, Satori, and any and, and everyone else who who helped along the way. Like like CFG was there and uh, Captain Flame Guy. There, there's two CFGs in the Plus R community, and I want to make sure I get the right one. Yeah. There's the European one, which is that guy, and then there's the American one. But that's the European one. Captain Flame Guy, uh, Krakatoa for a bit. Um, it, it's been a fucking labor of love. And I, I didn't expect it to pay off the way it did. Well, that's, that's dope. That's a, It's really cool. And I actually don't really have that many more questions. You answered everything pretty well with the story, man, so... Is there anything else you want to add before we? Because we do not, we don't actually have a second topic today, unless you want to talk about your speed running a bit. Um, I, I do games fast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know that you are. We, uh, if you, if you're cool about it, I would actually li- like to ask you a couple speed running questions. Because yeah, uh, not, a you, not a problem. So you you are another 06 runner as well. So how's yes. your experience been with 06 speed running and what you've done with that? Um, I found it as, like, a welcome break from fighting games. Um, when I started speedrunning it, I was, like, when I chose it to be sped run, I was, like, okay. I didn't really remember this game too well, um, when I was playing through it casually as a kid. But, I so I didn't really feel, like, the backlash that came with, like, oh, you, oh, sick, you, um... I didn't remember what happened. I didn't remember the gameplay, really, but I remember playing it. And I was always a big fan of the Sonic IP, so I'm like, you know what? I'll give it a spin. The runs look very fun, and it was my first speed game, so I so I, so I hopped in, and here I am today, still speedrunning the game. And uh, what positions do you hold in each of the stories? I hold... Uh, it depends on platform because this game is emulatable. Um, I hold third in Sonic Story on emulator. These are all on emulator. It's a less competitive but newer platform. I have third in Sonic Story, and then I hold world record in Shadow and Silver. Granted, people need to submit more Shadow and Silver, right? Yes. Please. Please. <laughs> <laughs> And on 360, which I did run for a time, um, I'm, I think, fourth place in Shadow Story, and then third in Silver, and then, like, I don't know, like, 15th in Sonic. I'm not... I'm in top 20. That's all I know. He's, he's a, a pretty skilled runner for 06. I try. <laughs> <laughs> and you've been also been recently speedrunning some other Sonic games at the moment as well. Yeah. I've, I've been playing a lot of Sonic Adventure DX lately um i'm aiming for top 10 gamma but ooh, i had to have one hell of a run to get there <laughs> like 
17th, I want to say. Well, that's pretty good. Um, which is like, yeah, about 10 seconds shy of top 10. Jesus, that's wow. It, it's a very compact run. There's not a lot of, like at my level, it, it, it's topped out. There's not a lot of time save to be had. Wow. Um, world record is about like 20, 30 seconds. Uh, Raihuga, and then Katie has a time within the same second there. That Dang. was former world record. So it's it's compact as hell. People play very close to their sum of best. It's ridiculous. Wow, I've never really like looking at like SA two and like how like pretty diverse like the top twenty list can be. Seeing that like everything from like at least seventeenth onward is just within like thirty seconds of each other. That's crazy. Granted, it is like a ten minute run, but true. It condenses so hard so fast. Like, there's not much I can be doing that would save me a significant amount of time. It's like, oh no, I'm not doing this skip. It's more like I'm not doing this jump in this way, or I'm, my lines aren't clean enough. Oh, that's like everywhere, my lines aren't clean enough. Gotcha. It's like playing a giant mech stage, but it's better. <laughs> yeah, very much so, because it's actually like decent movement with Gamma. Yeah, it's, you can turn. Yeah, you can period. turn. <laughs> right. Yes. Although you are significantly rewarded for going in a straight line, you can turn. Well, with that, I think that's really about it for our uh, this week in the game lounge segments. So we're gonna from here move on to the bonus level. Wacky lists, weekly reports, and a look back at video game history. Here's this week's bonus level. Now then, uh, we do got some questions. We do got some questions from the community corner this week. Oh, boy. We got uh, three, and guess what? If you want to submit your questions to the community corner segment, all you got to do is follow me on Twitter, at Radio Tony. We have a pinned tweet every week um, that will be, hey, ask us a question here, and you can be featured right here in this segment or while we're streaming you can join our official discord and uh ask the questions right there in the question submissions tab and we got three questions right now our first one comes from last week's guest ninja frog what are some parts of games like the graphics game design etc out of the games that are coming out what would you like them to work on more than they have been so okay so with the games that are still coming out this year um, with what you've seen for certain ones, what do you want them to work on more of, or are there are there any that like you want them to work more on, uh, more on, and what aspect of it do you want them to work on? For fighting games, at least, um, because I'm actually kind of knowledgeable about those. Please, developers, work on your gameplay. I'm tired of this crap. <laughs> People are simultaneously molding about Strive and making it sell 500k copies. And although the numbers are what matter in the very end, because, you know, Arxis is a business, they make money by selling copies. Um, please consider your decisions wisely. Um, that Because... Because there's a lot of stuff that has 
that has been significantly just made less technical and less um less refill it's more limiting uh, acro across fighting games like it's not even just strive it's a lot of games and to, this is sort of to appeal to a more casual audience and i get it but um i feel like there people are going to just drop for other stuff for me um my big thing is i want uh in regards of like uh story wise i would like some uh I would like some post-game story stuff added to uh, Diamond and Pearl when those come out, because it didn't oh, yeah, really have a lot of like cool things. Like it had like a couple, but like I would like more done with the post-game for that game. So that's what I would like to see. Uh, from Crisis X Crisis, if you could forget the existence of any game, what would it be, and what game would you love to forget you played to play again? Hmm. That's a good question. Yeah. Um, I think there are a couple answers. But you go. For you me, go. Uh, it would be uh, for a game I would like to forget ex existed. Duke Nukem Forever. <laughs> I played it once and it was, probably, it was legit one of the worst experiences I've ever had with a video game. And a game I'd like to forget uh, so I could play again. Oh god, that's a good question. Uh probably Oh god, there's so many, but probably Yakuza. Yakuza Kiwami cuz that was our first Yakuza game and it was such a fun time. So that would be my that would be the one for me. Um just to forget entirely. I don't know. I have a I have a good, I'm on good terms with hilariously bad games. <laughs> I think I would I would love to just kind of as much as I'd like to speedrun it I would love to re-experience playing Sonic Adventure DX casually that 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 would be a blessing because I loved it the first time around but I would like to remember how I loved it <laughs> honestly alrighty uh, I, I still don't know about which game I would like to forget hey all good on that all good there uh, our last question from Mr. Stew do you prefer games that have original soundtracks or licensed music? Um, depends on how it's executed. Generally, OSTs fit the bill more, but if, like, sort of like how the Sonic game do it, you have, like, a theme song that's from an external source or something else, and then, and then you have in-game OST that sort of makes more sense for the environment of the game. Licensed music usually doesn't do it, but it can work. I'm very much for the original soundtrack, just because like I don't listen to a lot of licensed music anymore, or like the stuff I do listen to, it's all foreign, like legit. Like I listen to a lot of Japanese rock, so a lot. Like and while I do enjoy the licensed music time and here and there, I do much prefer like a lot of OST soundtracks because they are usually really good. Example: oh, yeah. Persona. Uh, and those that's our community corner this week uh, thank you everybody for the questions and once again uh, you can ask your questions over on Twitter or join our discord as well uh, moving on to the second part we got top 5 top 5 since you are a fighting game fan top 5 fighting game characters Ooh. 
Now, I do have my list ready, up and ready to go if you need time to think. I have... I know I have a number one off the bat. I mentioned her earlier. Amelia Rage from the Guilty Gear series. She kills people with her hair as a job. It's great. Um, <laughs> and she's always very enjoyable to play in whatever game. Um, absolutely... Like glass cannon everywhere. It's, it's, it's always just felt like good to play. Never, never felt bad. Um, number two, I would think Bedman, also from the Guilty Gear series. Bedman is sort of out there. Actually, he's kind of, he's literally just a dude who's asleep in a bed robot killing things. It's kind of great. He's, he's, he's later revealed in the story to be incredibly misunderstood before he gets like nuked off the face of the planet by some billiard balls. Uh, you're going to have to watch the, the excerpt story for that one. Because <laughs> <laughs> that, that is more serious than um, I make it out to be. Okay. Nuked off the face of the planet with some billiard balls. Number three... I think um, Relius Clover from the Blade Blue series is also very cool. He's one of those like, like big brain villains, like big brain villains. Yeah, no, 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 like not literally, but you know, he, he, he like gets inside your head really well, or at least the characters' heads, and always has like it. it a device for like every situation. It's like, damn, he's playing with this. <laughs> wow, that sounds like almost like Doofenshmirtz with his innators. There's a there's there's a bad ending with Makoto, another character from the series, that is absolutely amazingly written, and and she she just kind of breaks down, and all he's saying is words. So like, so he's kind of scary, but in like the coolest kind of way. I think Mason Coon from the King of Fighters franchise is 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 hilarious. <laughs> um, he is a boy that is basically narcoleptic, but uh oh, but like so he's always just kind of sleepy. Wields a pillow and he kicks ass. Nice. Sometimes he wakes up and he kicks a lot of ass, but usually he's just kind of. In and out. And it's kind of humorous. Alright. To see that kind of dynamic. Alrighty, alrighty. And number five. Uh, again, another one from the King of Fighters franchise. Uh, Maxima, the Canadian uh, head with a suit of armor. <laughs> and it, people don't realize that he is a head of suit of armor, nor is he Canadian, but he is both. Um... He just punches people really hard with, like, and has rockets, rocket boosters. It's quite a sight. And, has, and, and, and he has a chest laser. Huh. Bonus. Alrighty. Uh, for myself, uh, my top five fighting game characters. Uh, coming in at number five, you got uh, the classic man from Street Fighter himself, E Honda. Back to it. Uh, at number four, 
Uh, he comes the, the Mortal Kombat character. Uh, I am a sucker for Sub-Zero. Yeah, definitely. Definitely fan favorite. At number three, uh, from Virtua Fighter, Taka Arashi. Okay, Taka was always really cool, not going to lie. <laughs> I, 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 the reason I like him... Uh, because he's helped me get so many uh, things with the Virtua Fighter games within uh, the Yakuza games. Because it's just spam this button to win. Yeah. It's always nice when you find something that works. Uh, at number two, a character from Tekken, the bear. The bear that you could play as in Tekken. Yeah, Kuma is great. He's, he's a fun time, if nothing else. And at number one... The character that I won a, tur- a, a, fi- a small fighting game tournament called the Clash of Casuals, the character I won with a Persona 4 Arena Ultimax, Show Minazuki. Which one? The one with or one without the Persona? Without the Persona. All right, let's go. <laughs> you pass. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, one that with Show. I was up against. Uh, of Teddy. That's who I had to fight in the finals. Oh, Teddy. Anyways. Uh, but that's top five fighting game characters. Wait. No, wait, 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 wait. Number zero. Labras. It's who I'm named after. <laughs> what the hell am I thinking? There you go. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting. I'm like, what's he going to say Labras? Because that's, that's, that's what your name is based Is it? That is what your name is based Yeah, that on. is. That's the namesake. <laughs> That's number zero. Like it's that that almost doesn't need to be talked about. But uh, moving on to this week in gaming history, from August twenty third to twenty ninth, here's what happened in the past. On the twenty third, two thousand five, Nintendo released Advanced Wars Dual Strike for the DS in North America. On the twenty fourth, in two thousand, in Japan, Nintendo unveiled the Game Boy Advance and the GameCube. Oh, I, that was a big moment. Huge moment. how influential both were. Yes. On the 25th, 2009, Nintendo released Metroid Prime Trilogy for the Wii in North America. On the 26th, 2002, Super Mario Sunshine is released in North America. 27th, 1999. Space World 99 is held, and Nintendo reveal... The 64 Double D attachment for the Nintendo 64. Who the hell still has one of those? I'm curious. It's, I, I, I want to know. If you have one, let us know. On the 28th, 2017, Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle is released by Ubisoft and Nintendo for the Switch in North America. <laughs> I remember the whole Mario Rabbids thing. And I'm, and I'm surprised they brought it back for the Switch. Yeah. But hey, they announced the sequel this past E3. I should, I actually recently finished Mario Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Really fun game. Hmm. Really fun. Uh, don't try to 100% it, though. It'll drive you mad. Uh, and on Sunday, the 29th, 2017... Sega and Ryu Gagatoku Studios released Yakuza Kiwami on the PlayStation 4 in North America. A game near and dear to my heart, as that's what got me into the franchise. And that's uh, that was this week in history. The achievement of the week is Gardener in 12 minutes, which is uh, a hidden achievement. I don't actually know what you need to do. It just says, watch them bloom. 
And the game of the week, we got two. No More Heroes 3 and Psychonauts 2. Yeah, both of which I'm I'm also excited for. Ooh. Uh, thank you, Labris, for coming out to the podcast. Where can we find you on the internet? Um, I don't use other things as much, but you can definitely find me speedrunning various miscellaneous Sonic games at twitch.tv slash labris06. And of course, you can find me over at uh, twitch.tv slash Tony's Game Lounge and on Twitter at Radio Tony and on Instagram at Tony's Game Lounge. Uh, follow me there. Uh, again, every week, uh, submit your questions to Twitter because we need questions for the Community Corner segment. So join us there. Thank you once again, Labris. It was a blast to have you on and chat. And thank you, the listener, for tuning in. Because we will see you next week right here, back in the Game Lounge. Thank you for listening to Tony's Game Lounge. New episodes release every Monday. Be sure to like and share the podcast and follow Tony on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch for more updates.